Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> I would love to have you take out your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of John. Uh, Gospel of John. We'll be looking at uh, several passages. If you need a Bible, there are red Bibles. Uh, should be somewhere on the row you're in, either if you're in the chairs up front, they're in the seat in front of you, or in the benches in the, at the end of the, uh, the, end of the bench. Um, it's September, like for real, uh, to look at the calendar and to see September is kind of crazy, like summer is kind of officially over, even though it still feels like it. Um, I have had people tell me for years, you know, the older you get, the faster time goes, and that is my experience, like I can testify to the truth of that. It, it seems crazy that, uh, that time just keeps going, going by so quickly. Um, it's September, which means a couple of things. One, State Fair is coming up. Anybody... Like, does that mean anything for anybody? I don't know, like for Hutchinson, I see some parents, like, thumbs down. Uh, it's a big deal for our community. Uh, some of you are more involved than others, but it's a big deal. Um, September also means that uh, Christmas is in full effect at Hobby Lobby. Um, so, like, for those of you who don't take your cues from Hobby Lobby, like, beginning of September means Christmas is in full effect, which I take to mean I need to start growing a beard. Um, so that's like all sorts of nature, you know, they take their cues, birds begin to migrate south, we take our cues in our household from Hobby Lobby, so that's, um, let that be a lesson to you, Christmas is coming, Christmas is coming. So we are in this series called Beats, Finding the Message in the Music, and for those of you who weren't here last week, thought we would, uh, rewind a little bit, if you remember, like, the mixtape back in the day, you remember the cassette tapes where you stuck the pencil in, you know, to, to sort of rewind if you needed to? Um, that this series is unique in that we are looking at four uh, just sort of contemporary songs, four songs that have all been written within the last somewhere around a year. And we're using them as a launching off point to talk about the spiritual life, to talk about life with God. And these songs are not the place we're landing. Uh, We're not saying, hey, this is where we're going to find truth. Uh, but what we are using them for is to say they can actually function as a springboard for us to understand longings inside of our heart that will lead us toward Christ, that are put inside of us to lead us toward Christ, to finding their fulfillment and truth in Christ. And so, um, so this morning we're looking at our second song. But a word about these longings. The longings inside of the human heart will control us if we don't understand them and name them. Uh, The longings inside of us are powerful. They're incredibly powerful. And they can lead us toward fulfillment or toward danger and destruction. Um, Last week we talked about hope. Hope is this longing inside the human heart. Uh, Hope is something that God has sort of put inside of us. There is this this longing for something better, for something more. And God put it inside of us because we are created in God's image. And there's something inside of us that longs to be reconnected to God. Uh, Today we're talking about love, this longing for love. And of all of these, this is, in my opinion, the most powerful. That the, the need to be loved and to give love, it, it, is, it is fundamental to what it means to be a human being. You're created in God's image, which means God is love. This is what the New Testament talks about. But even in the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, uh, you get this picture of the Father, the Son, the Spirit, 
before the world is even created, God is love. God is this endless flow of love, love for the Father to the Son, love for the Son to the Spirit, the Spirit to the Father, and it just goes on like this forever. And you're created in God's image, which means you have this deep need to be known, to be known completely as you are, to be loved as you are, and to give that love away. Now here's the problem, is if we don't understand that that need for intimacy, for connection, for love, can only be filled in its ultimate sense in Christ, it can wreck our lives. And and many of us have scars to show because we've been like searching for fulfillment in all sorts of other things outside of Christ. This longing for love, it can lead uh, a, a college student who sort of leaves the security of home and, and goes off to school, and, and they have this need to belong. And there's all sorts of anxiety about, like, do I fit in here? Do people like me? I have a need to sort of be needed and to fit in. And, and there's a need for connection, and so we look for intimacy and connection with this group of friends that's partying because it feels like, well, hey, we, I belong with them, and, and we're connected. The problem is it's, it's false intimacy. Um, that, that there can be this, like, these imitation connections and loves. Um, pornography is one of these ways that, like, we, we have this, this need for, for love and connection, and yet um, there's this allure coming to us through a screen. And it, in the end, it, it, it sort of comes to us by saying, like, this is, this is love, this is connection, this is intimacy, and it's this false sense of love and connection and intimacy, and it, it just sort of leaves us broken and alone. And so we have to pay attention, and that's what musicians, that's what artists help us do, because what they do is they are more in tune with the longings inside of their heart than the rest of us typically are. And so they create art out of these deep places of, of desire and longing, and, uh, and they can point us to them so we can understand them better. St. Augustine is, uh, how many of you have heard of St. Augustine? You may know him as St. Augustine of Hippo. Allow me to introduce you to St. Augustine. Um, you say Hippo, I say, well, I say Hippo too. Um, there's only one way to say Hippo. Um, so so St. Augustine, his life was a pursuit of fulfillment, like all of ours are. He was just more extravagant about it. Um, he, he was a brilliant man, and he was also driven to excess, excesses in substances, alcohol, excesses in relationships and partying. Uh, everything was this sort of, sort of pursuit, passionate pursuit of love and connection. Um, he was searching for God knows what. And it led him to a place where it leads us all. It leads us to a place of emptiness and despair. And eventually, eventually he found, or Christ found him, and he surrendered his life to the good news of the gospel. And the gospel starts to take effect in him, and he starts to, like, experience this wholeness and peace that only Christ can give us. And ten years after his baptism, St. Augustine sits down, and he begins writing probably his most popular and most uh, enduring work, and it's called Confessions. Confessions is unique in all of literature because it's a 350-page prayer. It's all addressed to God, but it is an autobiographical prayer, meaning he tells his whole life story in the context of a prayer to God. And one of the things, if you've ever heard a quote from St. Augustine, this was probably the one you've heard. If not, it'll be new today. You, God, have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And those of us who have surrendered our lives to Jesus, we can testify to the truth of that. 
That anybody who's, who's tasted the, the living water, who, who, is, who, who has had a drink from the living water that only is found in Jesus Christ can testify to the truth of that statement. That our hearts will be restless. We will long, we will just seek these fulfillments in places that they cannot offer it to us until our hearts rest in their identity in Christ. So, that's my hope for this series is that these longings that we're exploring will lead us to, to, um, to Jesus. So, um, today we're talking about love, and there are lots of songs about love. We chose one, uh, this is track two on the mixtape, by a guy named Andy Grammer. How many of you have heard of Andy Grammer? So a few more than last week. He's a little more popular, I thought, maybe uh, than uh, Andre Day was. Uh, he is uh, a great musician. He spent a good chunk of his early years doing street busking. Like, anybody know what street busking is? Any of you, like, have you done this? Street buskers? Like, where you play on the street corner somewhere and you have the guitar thing open and you're just trying to, like, pay, uh, pay for lunch with, by people's donations? Um, if I was a musician, I always thought this would be, this would be a ton of fun. Um, but that's what he did, and he did this on the streets of Santa Monica, California, until he gets discovered. And his first real hit was, you got to keep your head up. Some of you maybe have heard that on the radio. I got to keep your head up. Yeah. Um, so, I'll let him sing it. Uh, this is what he says about his music. My ultimate goal is to try to be real. It just so happens that I'm usually more happy than sad when I'm writing. And in general, I think life is pretty great, and it's cool to be here. So that comes through my music. I don't have a dismal outlook, but I don't aim to make positive music. It's just what I am. And you'll find his music is incredibly infectious. Uh, it, It just has this energy and uh, excitement that he brings, and he's fun, and he's upbeat, and so um, this song will be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. You're welcome. Um, by the way, it's also a tribute to, your, to his mother, uh, who, in his own words, he says his mother taught him how to love and uh, to live and to love well. So uh, feel free to uh, get, your, get your Mennonite swerve on and uh, dance a little bit if you want to. This is Give Love by Andy Grammer. Soldier, every day was a dream come true. She said that we were blessed by the breath deep inside us. She could make the colors in the sky turn blue. She said, Honey, what you gonna do today? You're second guessing every single move you make. You're definitely gonna have some very hard days, but I'll be right here for you. And she said, Before I go, there is one thing you should know. Every single move 
is that, right? I saw your heads moving. Don't try to hide it. Hey, uh, before I forget to say this, make sure you pick up your complimentary Kansas spray paint before you leave at the end of the worship service. We're not doing that. Um, So, a couple of words from the scriptures. A new command I give you, Jesus says, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels and do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and give my body over to martyrdom that I may boast, but do not have love, I am nothing. Love, it is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Let all that you do Be done in love. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Serve one another humbly in love. And over all these virtues, put on... Very good. One more time. And over all these virtues, put on... Love. This is just a, a, a quick sampling of what the scriptures, the New Testament, has to say to, to us, to disciples of Jesus, 
about this thing called love. Now, um, real quickly, I think it's important to understand what the scriptures talk about love as being. Because there are lots of ideas in our culture about what love is. And the scriptures are really specific. When it calls the church to look at the love of Jesus and to emulate it, to, to allow it to affect us, the, it's a very specific word for love, and that word is agape. Agape love. And um, agape is different from anything, uh, anything else sort of, and actually this song is, is actually, I think, pretty helpful that we just listened to in understanding what agape is, because agape is self-giving love. It's the kind of love that gives itself away. It is not sort of self-centered. Agape is always other-centered. Agape isn't asking the question, hey, what can I get out of this thing? Like, what's, what's in this for me? Agape is asking the question, how do I, how do I relate to the other person as valuable? That, that's what God wants to do in our hearts, is to give us this kind of love that allows us to look at the face, into the face of another, and to relate to that person as valuable, as having worth, as being somebody who's created in the image of God, somebody that Christ has given his own life for. And, and so uh, in John's gospel, we find this all over the place. And in, in probably the most popular, and I think it's probably unarguably the most popular scripture, most well-known scripture in the whole Bible, is John 3, 16, right? John three sixteen. For God so loved, so agape the world that he gave his, own, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the gospel in a tweet. This is 130 characters. Uh, for those of you... Uh, Tweeting is something you do on social media, this thing called Twitter. Um, some of you thought that was like Rock and Robin from the 60s, Tweedledee. Uh, it's not. It's Twitter. Never mind. Um, so it's like, it's, it's the gospel in a tweet. It's 130 characters of, of this good news that God's agape is giving. And God expresses, it, it does it, the only way it can is he gives himself away. He gives, Jesus comes and gives his life away to give us eternal life, life with God. This is how we see this. Um, and then if you turn in your Bibles to 1 John, um, you can keep your finger there in the Gospel of John, but turn to 1 John, which is toward the end. Um, if you're new to the Scriptures, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. So we've got John 3.16. Now, 1 John 3.16 says this. This is how we know what love is. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but doesn't have pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, do not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So here's the thing. I love what John does. Is He says, if you want like a really concrete definition of love, look at Jesus. Look to the person of Jesus. And there are lots of fuzzy definitions of love in our culture. I mean, love is a pretty, uh, it's a word that's pretty in vogue right now. It's just like, uh, it's just like love wins and all this stuff. And I, and I, it's fantastic. I, I think it's evidence of, of the hearts being turned toward Christ. I think that is true. But we have to make sure that our definition of what love looks like always looks like Jesus. Because one of the things that I, I've sort of seen is love, we, we can think love is this sort of like fuzzy, sort of live and let live kind of relationship. Like if you love somebody, um, love says, well, like I, I shouldn't ever confront this person. Like I, I shouldn't ever sort of 
you know, like, uh, sort of stand and say, you know what, like, this, this thing that you're doing or this direction you're going, it's actually painful and, and harmful. And, and if we're going to love, if we're going to be people who love, what's going to happen is we're just going to sort of go with it, and we're just going to have to say, well, no, 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 I, because I love you, I accept everything about this. We, we feel like this kind of love gives us two options. How many of you have people in your life who you relate to who you disagree with, who, like, you, you, if you feel like maybe you should say something about the direction their life is headed. How many of you have people like that in your life? How many of them are sitting beside you right now? So, okay, so this, is, this is for you. Um, we feel like we have two options. We can either condone them. Like we can sort of condone everything they're doing, and that's what love is going to lead us to do is just sort of go with it and, and say, no, 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 good for you. You live your life. I'll live my life. No big deal. So one option is to condone and just go with it. But the other option we feel like we're given is to condemn, is to turn our backs and to say, no, 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 I'm cutting off relationship and I'm condemning you. And we don't want to do that. So we, we just sort of feel like, well, our only option is to condone it. But Jesus never does this. If, we've, if we let Jesus define love, Jesus always carves this third way between condoning. I mean, Jesus confronted people. And out of love, he's, he was always kind, he was always compassionate, but he was always truthful. And sometimes to love someone is to speak the truth in that love, to love somebody enough to actually sort of stand against uh, this behavior. And, and, and we know that Jesus doesn't sort of turn his back and condemn them. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The third option is, is to love, is to have this agape kind of love that says, I am with you, and I love you. And because I love you, I have to speak some hard words. Because I love you, I actually have to, I have to register with you that, that I think this thing that is going on is not okay. And I think it's going to lead to some damage and some pain. And I love you enough that I'm going to tell you this. And I'm not cutting relationship with you. If you choose to walk away from me, that's your choice. But I, I love you and I'm with you in this. Do you feel the difference between condoning and condemning? Somebody say yes, so I know, like, you're making some sense. Okay, like, I think this is, what, this is the messy place Jesus leads us into. It's what this other-centered love does. Um, so we could talk a lot about what it looks like to love other people, to give love away, this agape, give love. But what I want us to do for just a minute or two is I want us to hear these words, I give love to all my people. I want to hear God, us to hear God singing that to us. That God actually saying to us, I, I give love. I give love to you. Every moment, every day, I'm giving love to you. I'm reminding you in 10,000 ways, every day, every breath you take, that I am with you and I love you and I'm calling out to you, will you be with me? Will you receive my love? I'm convinced that this is, this is what God does, that God is constantly pursuing us, constantly reaching out, constantly moving inside of us through his spirit, turning our hearts toward him, and we have the ability to, to either receive it or to reject it. And God is constantly asking, I'm here, I'm with you, will you be with me? Will you remember um, and remain in my love? In the song, he, he talks about his mom, and he says, um, as she's leaving, she says, there's one thing, before I go, there's one thing you should know, I give love to all my people. And in the scriptures, Jesus sort of does the same thing. In John 15, before Jesus is leaving, before he's crucified and ascends to the Father, 
he, he tells, gathers his disciples, and he has this conversation with them, and, and it, it's his way of saying, before I go, there's one thing you should know. I, I'm constantly giving love away to you. And here's, in Jesus' words, this is what he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as, the Father, just as I kept the Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And this is my command, Jesus says, love one another. Love one another. This is my command. That God is constantly, endlessly, consistently pouring out his love to us. When's the last time you just were in awe of that? When's the last time you just sat with Jesus? You just like, you just sort of sat and this has become a practice for me that has been really life-giving. I'm, I'm kind of an action-oriented person, so to stop and to be silent is the most counterintuitive thing I can do. Um, you might notice that. Sometimes I wonder if, it, if I preach because I have this calling or my dark side is because I just want to be heard. Like, we all have this shadow side, right? And we have to be honest about that. And if we're not honest about it, it can control us. And so sometimes it's stopping and just being quiet and just sitting with Jesus. And to just, to just be overcome by the goodness and the truth and the beauty that is Jesus. To fill our minds with, with just his thoughts and his words. To, to open up this sort of valve inside of us that, that, that says, God, I, I want to be with you too. And I want to receive your love. To, to create space in our busy lives that say the most important thing I can do, and I believe this with the bottom of, from the bottom of my heart, that the most important thing we can do for ourselves, for the church, for the world around us, is to make sure that our souls are filled with the love of Christ. That there is this endless flow of God's love and grace into our hearts. Now, some of us are so other-centered that, and and we're, we're, we're serving people in such amazing ways that it almost feels self-centered to stop and to take time to just sit with Jesus. Some of you may feel that way. It's, I, I can't. I, I got too much to do. I got to go. I got to serve these people. I'm doing all these good things. If Jesus stopped and took time to be with his Father, what makes us think that we shouldn't? I mean... Like Jesus, in the middle of the rigors of ministry, in the middle of needs that were more intense than any of us will ever face in our whole life, if Jesus can stop and pull his disciples away to say, no, no, you need some time away. Come to me and rest. You need, uh, and Jesus spending time praying, spending time with his Father. Jesus understood that if, if, if in his, and I, I really do believe Jesus had the same vulnerabilities human beings do, that he was tempted in every way just as we are. And Jesus understood that he could do nothing unless the Father was modeling it for him. So he had to stay connected to the Father. And, and that um, if he gave in to the temptations of the enemy, and yes, I think he could have done that, and if he would have forgotten who he was and why he came, that he wouldn't have ended up helping anybody or saving anybody. And we, if we aren't taking time to just let the love of God flow into our hearts and to soak in it, 
we aren't going to be able to help anybody either. This is the most important thing we can do with our time is to be with Christ. It is the most other-centered thing we can do because the more agape, other-centered love that is flowing into us, the more it has to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere. Um, so what does it look like? What does it look like for you to just t- to stop, to take some time this holiday weekend? You're maybe given the gift of time, unless you work in retail, to just take 10 minutes to say, I'm, I'm just going to sit with Jesus now. I'm just going to sit. I'm just going to remind myself of the goodness and the beauty and the love coming to me through the person of Jesus. Um, and then what happens when this love comes into our life is it just, whew, it just it, it naturally then flows out to others. It has to be given away. There's this guy named uh, Father Gregory Boyle. Have you, have you heard of Father Gregory Boyle? He's a Jesuit priest, and uh, he's the one in the middle. He, um, he started this thing called Homeboy Industries. And uh, it's funny when he says it because you don't imagine the word homeboy coming out of like a 60-something Jesuit priest's mouth who's wearing like a cardigan sweater. Um, and so he has given his life to serving gang members in L.A. He started working with gang members in the 80s and founded Homeboy Industries in the early 90s. And they have employed over 1,500 ex-gang members, have brought them off of the streets as they come out of prison, uh, many of them. And has, has given them a job and has given them meeting and has, um, they, they have tattoo removal um, businesses that have sprung up. And it's just absolutely beautiful. There's a TED Talk. You can just Google it or find it on YouTube. Uh, Father Gregory Boyle, um, just Google that for a TED Talk. And if you can make it through that without crying, there's something wrong. Uh, it, is, it is unbelievable. He wrote a book called Tattoos on the Heart. And in the book, he tells a story of... Um, of just how this agape love gets expressed. And, and he's traveling to speak. He speaks all over the world. And he has these um, ex-gang members who are now part, his sort of partners in this business with him in the car. And one of them gets a text message. And he starts kind of chuckling a little bit. And everybody in the car is like, well, wh- what did the message say? And he's like, ah, it's nothing. It was, it was stupid. Don't, don't worry about it. He's like, no, no, we want to know. He's like, well, it was just like, and I don't remember the other guy's name. It was, it was, it was this other guy. And he just sent me a text message. It's no big deal. They're like, well, just read it to us. And so he reads the text message. He's like, okay, it's really dumb. But um, hey, man, they got me in lockup here at the county jail. They, they told me they're arresting me because I'm the ugliest vato in America. And you need to come down here and show them I got the wrong guy. <laughs> so, that's, so they all have this good chuckle. And then there's this moment where he realizes these two were in rival gangs. And not very long ago, they were shooting bullets at each other, not text messages. And the love of Jesus coming through this man and the ministry that he has planted right there in the middle of Los Angeles has created this this place where love just keeps being given away and it creates community and it creates family out of enemies. This is what the love of God does. When we receive it, it has to go somewhere. It has to be given away. As you sing these lyrics, as the lyrics get hooked in your mind, I give love to all of my people. Let it be a reminder, first of all, to just say, in this moment, God, I thank you for the love you're giving me. This afternoon, this word, this song comes into your head, like, just let it be a hook that says, God, I just, yes, I want to be with you too, God. I I receive your love to to be open to it and look for practical ways to give that love away to the people around you. Relate to other people as valuable. Uh, Let me wrap this up. 
So put this on repeat. It's so elementary. That one plus one is two. You sprinkle love that equal three. Maybe that's the remedy. Blind man, he can't even see. If you want to cook it up, well, then I know the recipe. It's that L-O-V-E. Ah, now you see me, right? Down the avenue, you're hating. No, we throw in the peace sign. That's my own reply. I don't even try. Yeah, I give that love. I get the love. You know the reason why. <laughs> 